Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Bibles, open them up with me to the book of Exodus chapter 3. I want to go to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible, they're going to put the text up on the screen. Whatever format that you have, whether it's pages or buttons, as long as you can get it. Amen? Exodus chapter 3. I'll begin reading at verse 13. It says, Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? Verse 14, and God said to Moses, this is what you say to them, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am sent me to you. Verse 15, moreover God said to Moses, thus thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God your of is the Lord the Lord God of your fathers the God of Abraham the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you Notice what he says He goes this is my name forever Notice that and this is my memorial to all generations He said this is my name. When he said, this is my name, he said, this should be a memorial to all generations that I am. Don't ever forget this. I want to use this text to set up, and I'll come back to in a moment, what I want to share this morning. And um, if you're taking notes, I want to title this or give it the subject of the ministry of Memorials, the ministry of memorials. As many as you know that we are celebrating this weekend and in particular tomorrow what we call Memorial Day weekend. And it's during this time that we take a moment as as individuals and collectively and even as a nation and we remember the acts and more so the individuals who particularly soldiers who gave their lives on the battlefields and particularly um, for the sake of fighting for the freedom that you and I am able to enjoy even now. And all throughout this weekend and even tomorrow, if you look around in any community or any place, there'll be celebrations, particularly the Arlington Cemetery. They'll put a picture up is where many will go this weekend um, of the Arlington Cemetery and you can see that where they have soldiers there where they have the graves and the crosses that are placed there for the soldiers and during this time there will be taps that will play VFW Post and American Legion Post will hold special moments and special gatherings in lieu and honor of those soldiers Matter of fact, I think it would be absolutely in order this morning. And maybe, um, of course, I couldn't say for those who 
uh, paid the price, Dan, but I can say to those who are currently veterans and those who are serving or have served in our military, would you please stand this morning if you're in this service and let us honor you and show honor to you. Come on. That's it. That's it. Every single one. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we honor you this morning. But very much like the, the Arlington Cemetery, they also thought about the Washington, in Washington, D.C., there stands the Lincoln Monument or the Lincoln Memorial, as some would call it. It honors President Abraham Lincoln and the virtues of tolerance and honesty and faithfulness in the human spirit. This particular cornerstone that you see on the screen, it was laid in 1915 and it was completed and dedicated on Memorial Day in 1922. And it's a memorial, it's a Lincoln Memorial and it's designed to bring to our remembrance the things that he stood for and accomplished and did. But I want you to look at it from a biblical sense this morning. <clears throat> Because in the Bible, a memorial signifies a sacrifice, a monument, and it's designed to bring things back to a clear remembrance in all of our mind. The word memorial is the word zakar, which means to remember, but not just any type of remembrance, but it's the type of remembrance that is designed to prick, it said, and pierce and penetrate our memory. In other words, it's, it's the time of memory or remembrance that it so comes back to our mind and it becomes so vivid and clear in the moment that it's almost if, if I'm reliving it, even though it was something of the past. We have to have memorials because we have a tendency to forget. The word remember is, is said 225 times in the Bible. Two common phrases in the Old Testament often speak that is often speak was often spoken uh, to the children of God or to God's people were two phrases. The first one was, watch this, remember the Lord. Over and over you would hear, remember the Lord. But then the next one would be, forget the Lord or don't forget the Lord. Forget not the Lord. But notice those two phrases were always constantly spoken to God's people. Remember the Lord or don't or, or forget not the Lord, which means that God's people have a tendency to forget. I want to say this, that from time to time, we can get caught up in the challenges of life and sometimes fail to notice all that God has accomplished, has accomplished, but also noticing what God is accomplishing. As we go through life each day, we become so fixated and so focused on the things in our life that we have a tendency to overlook some of the greatest things that God has done in our life because we're so fixated of what we're currently dealing with. I put it like this. It's a natural tendency to lose appreciation for past performances because we're so consumed with present problems. It's called a fatal focus. What do you mean, Javon? When I say fatal focus, it means this, is that I'm focused more on what, what is not than I am what is. I'm focused more on what I don't have rather than being focused on what I do have. I'm focused more on what is wrong rather than focused on what is right. 
but you got to understand you will never be built up in life by complaining, but you will only be built up in life by proclaiming. You can complain and get nowhere, but you can proclaim and be built up in life. Truly, life can be overwhelming at times. Life can be hard at times. But we have to stand firm in the overwhelming truth that we have victory in Christ Jesus no matter the situation or circumstance that we face. And no matter what life hands us or gives us, the adversities and the challenges and things will come in our life that, that, that come to unnerve our sure foot in God and come to rattle our lives but in those moments that's when we have to have memorials it's in those moments that we cannot forget the memorials of God in our life you see the ministry of memorials speak listen to this speak from our past they speak to our present and they speak into our future they speak from the past they speak to our present and they speak into our future when God came to Moses in this in Exodus chapter 3 what he was saying I said he said when you go to the children of Israel I'm sending you to deliver them I'm sending you to set them free I'm sending you to lead them out of Egyptian bondage and he said when they come asking you who sent you who gave you permission who chose you who called you I want you to tell them I am I want you to tell them I'm not going I'm not going to tell them specifically because on this journey they're going to need me to be different things and so I'm not going to box myself in by saying I'm this because the moment they think I'm this they're going to need me to be that and so I'm just going to give them a blank check and say I am and I am this name shall be a memorial throughout all generations and I want to say what God proclaimed back in Exodus chapter 3 he is still declaring here today in this service that I am I don't ever want you to forget that I am that I am I want you to have a memorial that I am that I am I am what you will need me to be and when I think about the I am's I want to give you this there's three things that I want to share when it comes to being the I am understand that God when he says I am he wants to remind us this morning that number one I am great number two I am good number three I am faithful I'm going to say it again. I am great, I am good, and I am faithful. I'm going to say it again till you get it. Your God is good, your God is great, your God is faithful. I'm going to say it to you over here who are still kind of asleep. God is great, God is good, and God is faithful. I have to remember that this is my God that I serve. Understand the scripture said this in reference to the greatness of God. Psalms 140. Said that God, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. When you talk about God being great, it means beyond, it means large, it means big, it means to go uh, beyond what you can uh, fathom or imagine, it means significance, 
It means abundant. In other words, if you were to look for three words that, that, that we often use to describe God's greatness, it's he's omnipotent, he's all-powerful, he's omniscient, he's all-knowing, and he's omnipresent, he is everywhere. Your God is a great God. And when it speaks about that he is beyond, it means that we have to live with a memorial in my mind that no matter what I face, that God is great and God is greater. No matter what I'm going through, God is greater. No matter what I'm facing, God is greater. No matter the hardship or obstacle, God is greater. I got trouble in my marriage, God is greater. My children are running crazy, God is greater. I got a bad doctor's report, God is greater. I'm still unemployed, God is greater. God is a great God and he is greatly to be praised. It's important that you get that because the scripture says, Mm, I feel it. The scripture says that greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I carry greatness on the inside of me. That's why you don't have to acquiesce and draw back and go somewhere and tuck your tail and hide when the devil comes your way because you need to understand what I'm carrying is greater. What I'm carrying is powerful. I have a great God that lives on the inside of me by his spirit in my heart and when trouble comes my way. I don't run. I don't draw back, but I look at trouble and I say, you might be big, but my God is bigger. You might be strong, but my God is stronger. You might be hard, but my God is harder. My God is greater. And I want to stop right here and declare the word of God said, God is great and he is greatly to be praised. If you know that he is a great God, I need you to give him some great praise. Oh, come on, great praise, big praise, large praise, awesome praise. Come on, he's worthy of great praise, not little bitty praise, not halfway praise, not praise when I feel like it, not praise when I think about it, but he is greatly to be praised. The Bible, he said, I am great, and he said, I am good. I'm good. First Chronicles 16, 34 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Psalms 34, 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalms 135, 3 says, Praise the Lord, for he is good good. God is good and he does nothing but good. Notice him from the beginning in Genesis after he, after he was creating all week long. He was making things and shaping things and forming things and putting things into place and he would sit back after a day's work and say, ooh man, that's good. He said that was good and then when you get on the sixth day after he completed everything he stopped by. He said, ooh, that's just not good. That's just, oh, that's very good. But the, uh, that's in your Bible. Go back can read it. But then the Bible says that when he, he, he hit a little snag when it came to mankind because when he created man and man got in the garden, he said, uh-oh, there's a problem. He goes, ooh, Man, he's by himself. That's not good. But see, your God is so consumed with being good. He looked at not good and said, that's not good. And because he is good, he refused to let not good stay not good. And he looked at not good and said, I'm going to make it good. And he put Adam, come on, come on to sleep and pulled out a wife and made a companion because God is obsessed with bringing good in your life. Can I just preach a little bit like I feel it? Because see, you got to understand 
understand something. God is not good to you because you are good. God is good to you because he is good. You'll get that in a minute and you'll learn. I'm going to say it again. God is not good to you because you are good. God is good to you because he is good. He's not good because you've been good all week. He's not good because you did everything right. I don't know about you. There's sometimes I've had bad days, but he's still been good. There's times I've had bad weeks, but he's still been good. I'm thankful for a God that does not dictate or determine his goodness toward me by the way that I act toward him. I'm not giving you a permission to live crazy and live loose. What I'm trying to tell you that if you like me can look back over your life and say there was times I wasn't doing my best, but God still blessed me. God still did things in my life. God still opened up doors that I didn't deserve. You know why? Because he is good. I want to tell you this, that God is also, I remember the old saying, they used to say, God is good. Come on, I got some folk in here. And all the time. But we would say that repetitively and we would say that in church. But the question is, do you really believe it? Because we say that when things are good. But we say God is good all the time and all the time God is good. But what happens when things are bad? We have a tendency to be tempted that, to believe that because things are bad, that God no longer is good. But I need to tell you that God's goodness is not situational or circumstantial. It's not dictated by the things of this world. But see, because he is good, even when bad things do happen, he knows how to cause all things to work together for your good. He can take the good, the bad, and the ugly and work them out for your good. Sometimes, I, 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 oh jeez, sometimes, sometimes God's, watch this, goodness can often be mistaken as badness. Yeah, because watch this. It look, we, we feel like it's bad to us because of what we feel. But God says, no, that's good to you because I see what it's doing in your life. And see, I'd rather, I'd rather, watch this. I'd rather deal with the temporary pain of a shot than suffer long-term sickness with the illness. Give me a little pain up front that will prevent me from being sick for weeks because sometimes God, my God, the badness that seemingly comes in our life has a medicinal purpose from God. It's actually working for you, working on you, and working in you. See, you thought when he left, it was bad, but God said had he stayed, it would have been worse. Oh, you thought that the negative was a negative but the negative was actually a necessity because it had it not subtracted from you God could never add to you okay Javon do you got scripture for that absolutely the psalmist said in Psalms 119 he said before I was afflicted I went astray but then he comes back and said now that I've been afflicted I have kept your statutes it's the stuff that God allowed me to go through in life that taught me how to hold on to his word 
word. Before I went through it, I didn't pray like I pray now. Before I faced it, I didn't praise like I praise now. I used to treat church as casual until I hit a bump in the road and it did something deep down on the inside of me and now I worship like nobody cares. I praise and don't care who's looking at me. My commitment and God is strong and solidified. I don't know who I'm talking to because the best thing for some of you to happen that you did lose the job, that you did lose the house because now you got an appreciation not just what God can do for you but who God is to you. You pray. You Oh, come on. I know we don't like that kind of preaching. Say he's good. Say he's great. And say he's faithful. Faithfulness is not what he does. Faithfulness is not what he has. Faithfulness is who he is. Say God is faithful. The Bible says, oh, the Bible says in 1 Kings 8, 5, it reminds us that God is faithful to his promises. It says this, there has not failed one word of all his good promises which he has promised. The Bible tells us this, that God is faithful. He is so faithful. Watch this. His faithfulness in the past will often strengthen your faith for the future. Have you ever looked back over your life, your faith? things and going through things and, and you stop and say wait a minute did not I know I'm dealing with this but when I look back over my life because see that's what Sarah did when Sarah was told that she was going to give birth in an old age huh, and God said yeah I know you up there but you're going to give birth to a child in Genesis the Bible says she laughed and she said Shall I have pleasure in my old age? I wonder what she meant by, when she laughed, was she laughing at her or was she laughing at, uh, anyway, I, I, can't, I can't make it out in my mind, but, but who she was laughing at. But the Bible said this, I love it. This is what happened. She looked at everything about her. She was past the age. In other words, she, she was past. It's been a long time. It's been time has passed. And she's like, do you think that you can still bring forth the promise after this long time? But I love what the scripture said. The Bible said she judged him faithful. Mm. Any good judge before he comes to a conclusion before he gives his verdict would examine all the evidence first because he understands that I cannot draw a conclusion until I first examine the evidence and how many times do we draw conclusions on God before we draw come on look at the evidence of our past I'm going to call David to the witness stand and he'll tell you how important it is because when he faced Goliath the scripture said David said wait a minute let me look back and let me examine the evidence I can make excuses but I'm going to examine the evidence and the evidence says I fought a lion and God delivered me I fought a bear and God delivered me I'm facing a giant but wait a minute 
I got different problems, but it's the same God. I got bigger problems, but it's the same God. And the same God that delivered me from the lion and the bear is the same God that's going to bring me through today. Does anybody got any history with God this morning that you can look back? Oh my God, when the devil's attacking your children, you can look back and say, no, I dedicated them when they were two years old. When the enemy tries to take your business down, you can't take down what God gave to me. I've got history with God. I've cried too much. I've fasted too much. I know too much. I've read too much. I've come too far to give up on God now. He is faithful. Mm. Say he's faithful. God is faithful. God is good. God is great. And God is faithful. He's good. He's great. And he's faithful. And you see his greatness, you see his goodness, and you see his faithfulness through some memorials in the Bible that I want to give you quickly. One of which that begins with is what I like to call the Passover memorial. The Passover, it ministers to us. The Passover memorial in Exodus chapter 12. The Bible said that they were that God told the children of Israel to apply the blood to the doorpost of their house. And he said when the, when the death angel, when it sees the blood, Listen at these words. He will pass over. When I see the blood, judgment was coming to all, not just the houses, but to the firstborn. And wherever there was no blood, judgment would hit. But see, when they saw the blood, the blood represents a price that had already been paid a sacrifice that had already been made. And so the houses with the blood were secured from the judgment. Here's what the Passover memorial represent. Because watch this, every house that didn't have the blood would have been hit. But where the blood was, it was passed over. So it represents what should have happened, didn't happen. What could have happened, didn't happen. Let me even say what was supposed to happen. It didn't happen because God, when he saw the blood, he caused it to pass over. Oh my Lord. My, do you understand what I'm saying? When you understand the power of the blood of Jesus. See, I grew up, I wasn't living it, but I grew up around church and I used to hear them talking about pleading the blood of Jesus. I used to watch my grandma. She would swag through the house and she would have a broom when she would be cleaning. Some of y'all don't know what a broom is, but a broom when she would be cleaning and she would say, and she would be praying and something would be on her heart and she would say I plead the blood of Jesus uh, the blood of Jesus over this house the blood of Jesus over the over my grandchildren the blood of Jesus over my body and over my house see when we hear that word plead we think of begging we're not begging God for anything the Bible didn't say therefore come begging into the throne of grace it said come boldly into the throne of grace and I can come boldly because of the blood it's the blood that gives me boldness but what I'm saying, it's a spiritual dynamic. When the blood of Jesus has been applied, things have to pass over. I don't know about you. 
I used to laugh at it when I was a kid. I used to make fun of it when I was little. But now I've gotten older. I apply the blood of Jesus over my life, my kids, my wife. Come on, somebody. My house every day. You don't know what you keep back when you apply the blood of Jesus. What do you mean? It was a hedge. You remember what a hedge does? The Bible said that, 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 that the devil went, had a conversation with God about Job. And God said, have you considered my servant Job? He said, what? That dude? He said, does God serve you for nothing? Does he only serve you for what you do? He said, I can't touch him because there was a hedge around him. But remember that the Bible said Job got up every morning and made a sacrifice to animals. That sacrifice, there was some blood in there somewhere. And what I love about it, watch this, that God and the devil was having a conversation that Job was unaware of. He didn't know they were talking. So what the devil is saying to God the only way that I know there was a hedge, I tried to attack him. God Almighty. I tried to get to him. I tried to discourage him. I tried to frustrate him. I tried to take him down. I tried to get him to lose his mind. But every time I got close, something hit me. Every attempt, it bounced back. It was like this inv invisible force field that covered him. And here's, here's the thing. God was holding things back that Job never even knew. And that's the power of the blood of Jesus. You don't know what the blood is blocking on your behalf. You don't know what should have happened this week. You don't know what could have happened this week. You don't know. Come on, somebody. Don't, don't. No, 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 no. That's why you didn't lose your mind. The blood blocked it. That's why the marriage didn't fail. The blood blocked it. That's why the disease couldn't kill you. The blood blocked it. See, we only know about blocking on Instagram and Facebook and social media. I want to talk about a blood that knows how to block and hold things back and push things back and cause them to pass over. The drugs could have should have killed me but it had to pass over the car wreck the car wreck i was telling them in the last service i see the Carranza family here i remember i can they called me years ago when i first got here the first time i really met this family and outside of church pretty much and when they called me that kirby was crying and he said pastor boy we've been in a wreck we've been i just said where are you and he told me and i broke every speeding limit and everything, coming down the 91 on the backside of Anaheim, running out of the grocery store like we just stole something with my wife and kids. And I'll never forget when we got there, I saw that car on the 55. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It was up on the median and, and it had stopped. It was, it was where you're going into over, um, oncoming traffic, but then there was the big pillar that held up the bridge on the top. And it had stopped right before that, and it was just hanging there. When I saw it, 
I said, how in the world could that possibly be? And when that family come walking out, holding each other, crying, come on, no bones broken. See, that's a memorial for this family. That's a memorial that you always got to remember how God caused the wreck to pass over. Man, it could have went on to oncoming traffic. It could have went on the other side and crushed them and killed them. But could it be that the blood was blocking, that Jesus caused some things to pass over? I don't know who I'm talking to, but I believe in a God that when he sees the blood of Jesus, it can block things I'm going to give you one more real quick there's the memorial of the Passover and I want to call this the memorial of the pass through because in Joshua chapter 3 God said it's time it's time to step over it's time to cross over. There's a Canaan land that's waiting. There's a promised land that's waiting. And it's time. But he said, he said, he said, you got to sanctify yourselves today. For tomorrow, I'm going to do wonders among you. And he said, you have not gone this way before. I'm about to take you to a place and in a way that you've never known before. New ground and new territory. And the Bible said, I want they were faced with the Jordan River. And look at, look at the timing. The Bible said that they approached at, at flood time. We often hear flood time, but it was really harvest time. Listen, because normally I've been there, I've been to Israel, I've seen the Jordan, been baptized in the Jordan. At normal times, on, on some of its biggest places, it's normally no more than about 98 feet wide. Easy to walk through, easy to pass through. But at flood time or at harvest time, it begins to rage like a river and it swells up to a mile and a half wide. Now notice in one season, it was small, but now in this season, it's large. Could it be that when you're on the brink of your breakthrough, when you're on the brink of crossing over, that's when you face the greatest opposition. That's when things enlarge. That's when things get tough. That's when things get hard. But it was there because what it represents, the impassable and the impossible. And God said, I want this to be a memorial always that when you're faced with seemingly impassable situations, how am I going to get past this? How am I going to get past this failure? How am I going to get past this struggle? How am I going to get past this hardship? How am I, I don't think I could ever get past this. And when you're faced with impossibilities, things that you know in, in your human strength and ability, you will never be able to accomplish. But God said it wasn't just about the Jordan River parting, but it's a revelation to tell you that when you are facing an impossible and impossible situation, your God is good, your God is great, and your God is faithful to cause you to cross over. With man, it is impossible. What have you said is impossible? 
What have you said is impossible? There's people that have walked in this room and you've looked at situations all week long and all you kept saying is impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. I don't know how we're going to get past it. It's impossible. But I'm here to declare to you that you serve the God of possibility and he is always looking to invade impossibility with his goodness and greatness. And with man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Possible. Just like Mary said, how can I, how is this possible? I hadn't been with a man. And some of you are like Mary saying, how is this going to be possible? I don't have the education. How is this going to be possible? I don't have the background. How is this going to be possible? I don't have the finances. I don't have the favor. I don't know the right people. I want to tell you what the angel told Mary. I'm going to tell you how. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost will help you and strengthen you and carry you it's never by your might it's not gonna be by your power it will only be by his spirit and he said they took 12 stones the Bible said they put some on the river bank and they took some and put them in the river bed notice some stones came on the other side but some stones came in the middle it's nothing like the stones you get in the middle. See, the stones on the bank, that's after everything was over. But it's the stones in the middle that's precious. Because that's when you're in the middle, you're still wondering if it's going to happen. When you're in the middle, you have to fight doubt. You have to fight unbelief. When you're in the middle, sometimes you have to fight insecurity. You have to, you, you have, you torment with the negative voices of the enemy trying to talk you down and tear you down. It's in the middle. See, the stones on the bank represented the faithfulness of God, but the stones in the middle represents my faithfulness to God. When I get in the middle, if I'll just stay faithful, if I'll just hold on, if I keep praying, if I keep believing, if I keep proclaiming, if I keep declaring it's in the middle that I've learned it's where capacity is built it's in the middle where depth in the spirit comes it's in the middle where you're stripped of ambition and agendas and ulterior motives it's in the middle that God does a great work in your heart to prepare you for where he's taking you and he said these stones shall be for your children so that when your children ask when your children ask what do these mean do you have any memorials for your children what kind of memorials spiritual memorials this week I was talking came out of my office I was talking to some of the students and I was cleaning up some stuff and packing up some stuff in my office I had a stack I didn't realize it Cicely until I was thinking about it. I had a stack she'll tell you I had a stack of journals from the time I was born again all the way up to last year that wasn't all of them but I had a stack here at the church and it's just where I talked with God and grew with God and wrote. I even opened some of them. They had tear stains and where the ink where I cried. 
things I had questions that when I wrote, God, are you going to do it? God, are you going to break? Things I wrote declarations years ago. I can't wait, God, to see how you're going to use I can't wait, God, to, to preach in other countries. But I told those young men, they said, Javon, what are you going to do? Pastor Javon, what are you going to do? And I said, you see these stacked up? These are for my children. These are my stones, part of my stones that I'm stacking up because a wise man will leave an inheritance for his children. I know we want to leave them cars and I know we want to leave them houses and I want to, all that is good, but the greatest thing I could leave Sydney and Jacob is not a car, it's not a house, it's not stuff and things, but it's stones, spiritual stones and memorials of my walk with God, how he's been great, how he's been good, how he's been faithful, that when they see those stones, they can say, the God of my daddy, Javon, he is faithful, he is good, he is great, and the same God that delivered Shanna and Javon will deliver Sydney and Jacob. I need somebody to give God praise for the stones, for the memorials, that he is good, he is great, and he is faithful. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Some of you parents, yes, do all that stuff. Don't spend all your time trying to get stuff and things. Spiritual inheritance. Talk to them about the Word, the blood. Talk to them about the Holy Ghost. And they're all about the Holy Ghost too being baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance. The full counsel of God, the gifts of the Spirit, prophecy, tongues and interpretation of tongues, miracles and acts of faith. Because in this world that we're living in, you're going to need more. There's a culture and a society. I don't know why I'm on this. I'm trying to close. But there's a culture and a, and a society that is trying to squeeze our children into the mole to just wipe out this word and what it means and what it represents. But I'm glad to know that this is a cornerstone. It's a chief and cornerstone. Though the heavens will pass away, this stone will never pass away. It's been laid. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.